Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the kingdom of Tiraslin to the immemorial city, from movie theaters in 1988 and to Disney Plus over 30 years later, we are here at the season finale of Willow, John Kasdan's Willow on Disney Plus. What a ride it has been for these last seven weeks across these eight chapters. I am so excited to be here for the finale, Children of the Worm, and I did not come alone. Not only did I bring the Allagash to my, my Mad Mardigan. I brought a, well, I'll let them decide what character they're going to be. But I know for sure, I know for sure that one man is definitely Willow. And that is the returning Ken Knapsack, a wizard that I've gone to bother to get him to come out and appear right at the end. How is everybody? Look at this crew. Chase Hauser, that gay Jedi. <laughs> Hello. I'm, just, I'm so fortunate to have this crew. I'm very excited. Very <laughs> excited. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Ken, my yeah. friend, welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back. I, I'm going to let everyone know I'm only here for a little bit. I'm swinging through, but I'd promised to appear in the finale after reviewing and discussing episode one with you. I have a lot to say about this show and the lessons that were there for everyone, but particularly some for, for people uh, like me who are a little bit of the, you call me Willow, that, that counts, but the Bormans of the group and the mm. big realizations. Uh, so, uh, plus, I think I owe Nikki money, so I have to come here to pay him. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, you know, you could just leave him in a cage for like a couple decades and you don't have to worry about him then. It works out in the end. You just pretend like you have one eye and we'll call it square <laughs> at the end. Sacrifice yourself. It'd be a whole thing. Um, but yeah, so we're here at the finale. It's really weird the way that these things keep creeping up on us. We did House of the Dragon. I was like, oh, that'll be 10 episodes. It'll feel like forever. Went by in a blink of an eye. Same thing happened with Rings of Power. Willow. I was like, oh, Willow. Can't wait to have Willow for the entire fall, winter. And now it's 2023 and it's over um and it feels very weird uh very surreal to say that a willow sequel not only is coming but is finished yeah. a willow sequel exists in its entirety and ken you know for your segment up top you had something that you wanted to say this is the ken i called it the willow state of the union <laughs> in our text chat uh and i don't know what you're gonna say i theorize that you might just you might just pull a bilbo to cross franchises and disappear at this moment yeah, I'm looking for oh i do have if you have the engagement ring i can <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah we're not we're not getting married so i called an engagement ring but really it's just my ring of power uh yeah no here it is uh, i'll start here and I, I really don't have a lot prepared i just wanted to come back on number one i said i i, I would but i'll publicly thank you for taking the lead on the willow show uh you're working me with me here on casually talk and and doing willow was always something i was like yeah that seems right and we'll need to cover something there and and I've always loved the movie and it has a special place in my heart, but it didn't stick with me. I always talked about being 12 at the time, which is a world of difference from seeing something at seven first. Uh, for me, 1988 was uh, baseball cards, discovering things about myself, which uh, Joanne Whaley and Val Kilmer probably uh, had some questions <laughs> on, on that. And, and, and 
the movie was always good. And I love Warwick Davis. I love Warwick Davis. But uh, I, I took a look at the first couple episodes and I was like, okay, the, the vibe's different. They're making some choices. I don't know what I'm vibing with here uh, on some of the acting choices, some music choices, all that kind of stuff. And I knew that it wouldn't serve this show, our show here at Catch the Talk, to have me come on every week and just kind of be either half invested or not getting it. And that was the start. That's the logistics of it. Like, all right, Alden's here. Alden, you have done an amazing job bringing in wonderful folks. Like, kid, Nikki, it's been great to get to know you from uh, drunkenly accosting you and yelling at you probably at Star Wars <laughs> Celebration to here. Uh, folks like Chase, Maggie, Adam Collins, a lot of wonderful people coming on the show. And, uh, and I love that because I'm all about making sure that table is big and far and wide and you pick that up and run with it. But one of the, th the things that happened for me is this show along the way. I apologize, Chase. You never really met me until now that I, I apologize for monologuing, okay? I uh, love it. I love it. I'm getting to know you. <laughs> getting to know yes. you. This show, I, I, this show grew with me. The choices grew with me. The performances. Uh, mm. Borman is my new ride or die. Um, and I love it. And, and it all builds to this wonderful finale. And this wonderful moment for all the characters. They have it all through it, and it builds and builds and builds. And it's just epic fantasy, and there's lessons that go from, uh, you know, big things down to small things that we take into our real world, which is why I'm always here to talk about it. But for me particularly, I want to address uh, what I feel is going on. I'll say this uh, as someone, the executive producer of this channel here, the Willow numbers are lower. We expected that. Not a shock. The Willow numbers are, are lower. Right. But it is. You deal with that. You build it in the business plan. And I think a lot of people have been looking at the show on the surface. A lot of people have been analyzing the show on the surface. They've been doing their YouTube short videos. They're doing their media discussion world, which I've been a part of for 10 years. But I've become more and more grumpy because I think people are missing a lot of the points. Immediately, I realized this show wasn't necessarily for me. And that is the point. And it's not just about me stepping aside and letting you come in. It's about finding my place in the story. It's that moment that Borman has. I'll step on the discussion you're about to have. You'll have a great. But when he realizes this isn't my story, that's not why I'm here. <laughs> I actually started to get weepy uh, because it's 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 valuable to just not our not only our stories, multi generation stories. I'm big about entry points. When did you discover Star Wars? When did you discover Game of Thrones? Come on in here. What's your perspective? What's your upbringing? What's your identity? What's your struggles? What have you gone mm. through that have brought you to here? Because I want to find out how this art engages with you. And there's so many people in the media discussion world, and I'm not calling out names, and I'm not meaning grumpy. They're just doing what we're doing. We all love this world. Uh, Ten years ago, I you know, was with the Schmoes team and all that stuff. The, there's now two million shows alongside of us, as there should be. And I hope there's three million, three trillion, three billion. Uh, get Musk numbers in here. Buddha him. <laughs> Eight of the numbers. Um, <laughs> everyone, everyone has a way of looking at things, and it's your way to look at things. But mm. we are talking about art. We're talking about art. This is what we have. Pop culture is our culture. It's what speaks mm. to us. It's the moral morality tale. It's it's all those things we talk about when we discuss it. I see so many people come into the art channel and go, "What show are they watching?" All that stuff. What is that there? We're talking about themes. We're talking about lessons. But what we're doing is we're engaging with the art as it is intended to be and what it is presenting to not just you, but the person next to you. There's great value in this show about every one of these characters having their own individual journey and finding why they're there and finding uh, what they're learning, finding what they can give to the other person, finding love, finding purpose. And for Borman to have this one of, I realized this isn't my tale, was big for me as a commentator in this space because I see mm -hmm. so many people out there, their hot takes and their hot tweets and their angry YouTube short videos and their they're dumping on Willow at times. 
And even John Casson, who's pretty plugged into the internet, has tweeted about, hey, maybe you're hate watching it. Great. Keep hate watching it. The numbers go up. Uh, I think it's a shame. I think people I love and respect who are overlooking this show because it's not necessarily supposed to speak to them. Mm-hmm. And I love that this show is speaking to who it needs to speak to. I think there's lessons for everybody. And it's become even more powerful for me to sit this and watch the show every week and go, if I was 14, this show would be my world. If I was 20, this show would be my world. Fuck, I'm 46, this show should be my world. Because it's got lessons for me. For me, it's the Mormon side of it. There's lessons in every one of these characters, Willow and his failure. It's powerful. It's powerful, but it engages in the way it wants to engage, right? It knows what it wants to do. It knows the choice mm-hmm. it, it wants to play. It's got dire straits straight up at the end of the finale. Come on. No one's rocked to that since 1985 except for me. I love everything <laughs> about it. I love the spirit. I love the vibe. I love the silliness. And I want that to be celebrated. I want what to be celebrated is what's there for the people that need it, and I want to push back against the gatekeeping out there. That's not intentional gatekeeping. There's people who are intentionally gatekeeping, right? Uh, of course, we're going to see all that. But there's people who don't realize that when they're out there going, this sucked, the humor sucked, the music sucked, these kids sucked, everything about it sucked. You are opening the door to so many bad things to come on here. A lot of isms come in here mm-hmm. when you start discussing the pop culture in that way. Instead of finding out who this show is for. Because when you sit down with the people that it is for, and I'm sitting here with three beautiful people that the show is for, man, it becomes even more powerful. And I've enjoyed the ride of the show, and I've enjoyed the ride of being alongside the show. You guys are killing it on your commentary, and I love it. And for anyone watching who thinks this old guy needs to go, I'm going to go. i got some dinner coffee, some frozen burritos. Uh, I love this show. It was a home run. Volume one, give me volume two, give me volume three. Uh, John Kasdan's a character. He's not as uh, you know quiet and reserved as his father. <laughs> Larry has opinions on Solo and Tri-Tip. I've seen both in, in action. Um, but John Kasdan knew what he wanted to do. The entire team, uh, uh, Dolman, Howard, all the writers, directors, the actors, performers, mm. they knew what they wanted to do, and they nailed it. They nailed it. And it might not be for you, but that's the point. It's for someone else. Find that other person. Find why it connects to them, and you might just start to build a better world. And Rant Alden. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, good night, everyone. Uh, I'm going to bed. Uh, th- that's that's all. That's all we needed. We're, we get a golf clap, a theater snap. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I mean, it's it's true. I mean, we've had. I mean, we have people here or people in our our lineup. You know, like Adam, who's grew up on this movie, and Chase. You know, you're a, a recent. You know, you and Nikki both recently discovered it. But then look at the two of you. Not like. I'm speaking for you, but like, we're going to talk about these things. Like we've got Borman who is Lucasfilm and Disney's like first mega, like Indian fantasy hero on this show. And then this is also the first straight up, not, you don't have to even, (laughs) even Andor, which like had Valencinta, which we're not going to take away from the beauty of their roles. There was still a, executives have plausible deniability because there's yeah. a little bit of like you can ignore it if you want to mm-hmm. this said no not only is it part of it their relationship between jade and kit is essential mm-hmm. we have a literal factual lesbian disney princess yes suiting up yes in, in in the finale of, of a legacy sequel um this these characters were able to speak to so many people i mean aaron kellyman having jumped from Star Wars to Marvel to now Willow becoming a, a franchise like character actress and, yeah. and for young black girls to see her, like, it's just, 
this entire crew, Tony Rivalori, who's like had yeah. these character parts for so long, and then to really have the journey of a side character who is like, no, I'll take the wand. Even if I go out, I'm going to take it yeah. um, and define himself. It's just so much that matters. And I just echo everything that you said, Ken. I mean, that's why we do this. That's why you and I like work well together is because we're like, when someone says, what show are we watching? We, we both have the attitude of the show you weren't paying attention to. That's the show we were watching. Engage the show you were just looking at. Yeah, engage yeah. with the art presented to you is what Joseph once said on Four Center. It's a driving uh, ethos uh, for us and for us here. So I'm going to roll. Yep. You guys do it. Chase, uh, we'll, we'll meet in person one day. I would uh, love to see it. I've admired your hair from afar because when I played <laughs> baseball in 2009, I had the same haircut. Hell and yeah. Nikki, could you please give me back my 7-Eleven gift cards that I gave you? Uh, thank you all. Bye. Thank Goodbye. you. Got to find them. Goodbye, my friend. See you, Ken. Oh, what a guy. There we go. So smooth. So Setting the tone there. I know. He that? really, he, he, I think he's gone. I don't think he's ever coming back. Um, <laughs> he's I, not marketing us. Yeah. He, just, he, he just retired. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's, he just let us. Uh, oh, does that mean that I'm Borman or Kit? Much pressure. Um, I am so thrilled. Like I said, I had that intro. I was a little flustered. I'm coming off of a, of a family thing. I'm running in here and everything. Proper introductions now for everybody. We have, of course, Nikki Kumar, my life partner, collaborator, and hive mind sharer from a Rewatch Between Worlds with me, Imperial Senate Pod, been here covering Willow throughout. And then, of course, from Pink Milk and their own channel on That Gate Jedi. So you get double, you get double the chase on the <laughs> internet. Um, Pink Milk, their live shows on Wednesdays. That Gate Jedi, are you on a, are you're like, a, like, a, like a, it seems like a once, twice a week almost. Yeah, I like, try to go for once a week. Yeah. But yeah. I don't like your... to choose a day. Otherwise, neither do I. I don't do that. Mental health. Plumbers. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Scheduling episodes. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, nah, you nah. podcasters are wild. <laughs> no, no, can't, cannot. I, I make it when it feels right. Yeah. Um, or when I have the, the patience and the attention span to edit. <laughs> um, but yeah, you were so high on my list of people to get on, not just because. We've had great fantasy discussions before over in the Star Wars land, um, recently with Tales of the Jedi, uh, with, with Brian and M over from Pink Milk as well. Um, but just because I knew that you had fallen in love with this and I knew that it was an important show and a show that was vibing with the way we 20-somethings, I think, all feel and are right now. Um, this show feels like, you know, you're also on Fear Queers uh, and you guys are doing uh, your Buffy show right now yeah. uh, which is just making me so happy this feels like it should have aired friday nights after buffy or that's what, what i've been hearing whenever buffy aired i, don't know, after, <laughs> I can't remember um but it, it, it feels like yeah smallville buffy mm. that entire era x files and then you know it wouldn't have looked as gorgeous but it has that tone of like if it was 1988 and we moved it up to their kids age you know the 20 years later it, it belonged there yeah. um and it has that tone and it feels so right and again the the representation has been beautiful and moving and the characters have been uh delightful so we've set the table a bunch um and we're talking specifically today about the finale i know there's going to be a lot of like season talk as well uh which is totally fine uh this one directed by uh jamie childs reyna mcclendon and jonathan kazan co-wrote it We'll talk a little bit about the season, but we're going to try to keep it on this because there will be a stream uh, that'll be the entire season uh, later on. Real quick, I just want to, I did it off air. I just want to do that real quick. Uh, you know, for yeah. the benefit of the podcast listeners, it's an image of 
Kit Tantalos uh, dual wielding her wrist blade and her father's sword, wearing magical armor. It's one of the greatest. What else do you need? When, I've ever when seen. she threw that shit out of her sleeve, Woo! I yelled, like "Freaking Gundam!" Yes, I was, I, was, <laughs> I was not at all prepared for the. Do I look? One of the greatest moments of my life is if you guys can't tell, this is a really loose one already. It was just this vibes. <laughs> uh, if you if you're a person that's like, what are they? What are they going to score it? Ten out of ten, A plus, whatever. Um, the one of the greatest moments of my life is Anakin dual wielding for three seconds and attack of the clones. Um, and this, I got that with Ruby Cruz, uh, in, in a magical techno chain mail armor. Um, and it was, I'm waiting for the lightsaber edit. Oh, it's got, it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Someone's got it. That shot where evil Eric is about to come down on her and Jade Mm -hmm. throws the blade underneath, like all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Borman's moment uh, where he charges in at the, at the gales, all that stuff is, is going to be like the fan edits, the fan cams, the, the fan dumb that has popped up around below has been so beautiful. So yeah. Uh, starting with you, my friend, just where are you at right now? Besides like euphoria? Cause I know you're just over the moon, overjoyed. We both love this thing, but what, why, what yeah. is it? Yeah. Um, I think it's, I don't think I've experienced a piece of media that was like so hyper aware of what it was unapologetic for what it was. And like it, and also just, it doesn't bend to like what anyone wants or expects. And I just Mm -hmm. find that sort of unapologetic artistry to be really compelling. And then on top of that, like in, in the story itself, I just find it to be such a healthy narrative of how to relate to other people and how to relate to yourself like and it really kind of comes through a lot for mm-hmm. me in the finale one thing that i really got from the finale and i looked back at the season i'm like oh there was a lot of that in there is like this idea of willow being like i even during this like right before the final ba- battle he's like i have to go home to mins i have to go to home to my daughter and then like a couple scenes later he's back on the he's back on the fighting field and he's like actually like this is what i'm supposed to be doing and i mm-hmm. trust that my it's like i trust that my daughter understands that like we all have relationships but we also have like things that we have to do while we're here and there's things that we have to like lived experiences we have to like work through so i think i just thought that was like a really small example of sort of the relationship game throughout the whole show there's a lot of really really beautiful boundaries set throughout the show between characters Mm. there's a lot of beautiful like relationship like self-relationship exploration especially with Alora, who's just like my queen i mean my queen like when she's i mean i will get there but like during that wedding that scary fake wedding and she's like no i didn't she's like you i mean like you can't you don't get to make any decision for me you know i am who i am like all that kind of stuff i just Mm -hmm. i think that's where i'm sitting in the immediate willow afterglow it's just sort of this idea of of health of health for yourself and health with health with other people and that and Mm -hmm. what that can bring about which is a really magical thing yeah, it's so beautifully said. I love that. You the the thesis that you have there of health for yourself and and for the well-being of others and how those two things have to be in sync that mm-hmm. you can't you can't serve your friends and loved ones if you don't serve yourself. Like you have to take care of yourself to take care of others. Yeah. Would Jade have been able to have 
the strength to make that leap of faith if she did not have the breakthroughs in Wildwood with Scorpia yes, and, yes, and learning yes. about herself? Would she be able totally. to be the best knight, girlfriend, person? Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, would Borman have been able to face anything that he faces if it wasn't for everyone? It's sometimes <laughs> in mean ways, but also in <laughs> earnest ways. And, you know, if, if not for bonding experiences like talking to Graydon about women, if, if it yeah. wasn't for Willow saying, nobody's buying it, Borman, Matt Mardigan would have been proud of you, which he doesn't even let him fully say. I but know. But that's, that's as far as he'll get at this point, which is, you know, there's still more journey. Uh, would would Kit be able to become, you know, the wearer and, and wielder of the Chimerian Curus if she couldn't accept, well, I'm not the right princess. I'm also finding out I'm not the right knight. I've been handed a lot of my victories. I'm maybe not the one I'm, but you are mm-hmm. that, you know, there's, there's this, this mythic thing happening that I love that I talked about. I've talked about with a few things this year that I think I've touched or this, this past calendar year. It's now it's a new year, everyone um, <laughs> of like in great examples, like in like Thor, love and thunder. Uh, there's this wonderful theme that I love of like meet your heroes. Yes. But also become them. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't about, I'm not going to find, dad and he's going to fix it like maybe she thought at some point maybe she hoped it wasn't about stories that you made up about why you left to hold on to bitterness from the pilot all the way to the end mm. she has to become him by the end it it's he she's wielding the thing he was looking for protecting the baby he protected yeah. holding the sword he held yes like, you actually have to live up to them it's yours now mm-hmm. um and and willow has that Every character does. Um, it, it's just a beautifully assembled cast. And I'll throw it over to you, Nikki, on the note of of this cast and everything. Not just to tee you up to talk about Ruby, although, yes, please. <laughs> um, but, like, even the the bit players, the small roles, you know, the, the creature actors or the one-episode performers like Hannah Waddingham or, or you know, like the, the gentleman who plays Silas, my goodness, in those first few episodes. And uh, 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 Ralph Ennison, like, just everybody that just was peppered throughout uh, you know getting ruled back for that scene that was a poignant scene about aging hmm. what is it like having been and for both of you i'm not claiming to have been a lifelong fan I, I i liked it but it was you know for both of you specifically this has been a breakneck like zero knowledge to all the knowledge in like two months uh watching the movie and then getting into the show hmm. you have all these characters to love now how do you feel now that it's finished <laughs> that's, yeah that's very loaded um i think chase used the word a, a few times that i i thought about as well with willow and that's unapologetic and mm-hmm. i think that is like, that is maybe one of the great um sort of legacies of what this season of tv is and mm-hmm. i think yeah just the ability to say you know this is who we are we're not we're not going to be something else. We're not we're definitely not going to try to be House of the Dragon. <laughs> definitely not going to try to be Rings of Power. Like mm-hmm. all all great fantasies, and they can all occupy different branches and pathways. And Willow found it its own, and um, and just went for it. And I think that for me, when I think about the kind of stuff I want to do, I want to write, I want to create, and it. I think that feels more. It's like it's one of those things where it's like it's very empowering for for an artist. I think to to sort of find something that is saying you know what just be you and just Mm -hmm. do it um because that is where you're gonna find your best stuff and so i think just just from a like what do i do now with my free time when i 
open up final draft it's a lot less crying at an empty page Mm -hmm. it's uh it's oh let me just dig what i feel like let me find it just put it see Mm. see what it see what it looks like Mm. um and i think that is that is a really like epic thing that willow gave me in particular just in these past couple weeks or a few weeks um and then and then yeah just as an appreciator of Lucasfilm and the industry and all that, I think just to, to circle around to your point about the cast, like I can't remember the last time, it was probably Game of Thrones season one where mm. like I didn't know anyone or like I knew yeah. Sean Bean, but like, you know, I didn't know many of the big faces, the new, the young generation. And I was like, I can't remember probably since then ever feeling like so connected to a new cast um, yeah. and people, they just, plucked from from thing like obviously you knew aaron from from star wars and marvel and green Knight, right. and you know um but even then she she wasn't really ever like the the hefty character um mm. you know leading through scenes and stuff it wasn't about her yeah right. like she had she had great moments but it wasn't she wasn't so like central and then um yeah i mean just the whole it was all of them tony tony ravioli like like you know like we always say you know he's he's just that dude from spider-man you know (laughs) and um and then yeah and then ruby cruz who we talked amongst ourselves possibly the most important late cast late recast since vigo mortensen yeah yeah Um, it's it's insane that she was not the first choice which is no disrespect to anyone that was scheduling things happen life happens there's tons of people that didn't get it. daenerys targaryen was a recast yeah you know she might actually be at that third one in that in that group the third, the third head of the dragon yeah the third head of that dragon. <laughs> um, yeah um, but no like yeah. just yeah because she is so just the character of kit is so vital right mm-hmm. and it's like and when you know that she was late in the process they had other people um and it's like how 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 was it anyone else mm-hmm. you know and and yeah, it's it's uh, it's something that again, as a writer, as a creator, like I'm very excited to see a young generation of actors that I think, oh man, what if I get to write for them? Yes. You know, like, yeah, and it's like all that kind of thing. It's 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 been a very like empowering season of television for me, and I think that is probably like the greatest gift Willow could have given. Um, it's very empowering. Yeah, yeah I mean, it just like... feels good. You feel I don't like want you it to be going. <laughs> I know. I feel very selfish about it now, and 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 so upset. And I'm already thinking of ways of like, how can I get my Willow fix? Are they going to mm. do a comic? Are they going to do? Which I hope that they, you know, it's Lucasfilm, and and that's the other thing is that this is a company that we love, but because of not because of anything bad, because of massive success of one of their things, became known as the we do that, and sometimes we do Indiana Jones, mm. um, and you know, we we, we, we revisit him once in a blue moon um but for them to say hey wait a second we have faith in this thing and you know we've got a a lingering conversation of nepo babies in hollywood yeah okay fine uh (laughs) but you know if there is if they are gonna be there i would like it if they took swings and and go back to (laughs) chase like john kasdan coming in without his father this time and you know Mm -hmm. solo they did together now he comes in uh and does an approach that like Ken said, is not going to land for everybody, nor should it. I don't believe in the idea that art should be for everyone. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's for its people. 
um, you come from and are still in uh, the theater world and in the world of performing arts and everything. How did you feel before we move into the specifics of this finale about the specificity and the anachronistic qualities and the, yeah, sometimes we're going to say boobs and we're going to have the big monster say bitch and we're going to talk about girlfriends and we're going to yeah. talk about this and like all everything that we're going to have denim jackets, like all of that, all of those choices production wise and acting wise, very modern delivery, no thighs and vows, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very, you know, probably an even split between American accents and uh, European accents. Yes. How did that all play for you? Especially because you've, You've been on a fantasy kick, so it stands contrary been. to your recent Lord of the Rings journey, too. Right, right, yeah, and that's been a really interesting thing because I'm like, and now, now my friend, my friend Theo, he's like, you got to watch Game of Thrones. I'm like, Theo, I need, yes, I will, I will, I yeah. absolutely will. But it's also not the not that's not the vibe to follow this way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of breathing space there. <laughs> I was like, I definitely need to like just sit in this like delicious warm cup of coffee for a little bit more. Um before i move to like whatever that's going to be but okay i find i find that when i watched willow the movie i watched mm -hmm. it about a month before the show and yeah. i was so weirded out by it and charmed by it at the same time mm. and i was weirded out by it partly because it was it was just like there would just be weird little moments where i'm like that's like that was like i would laugh but i'm like i don't know if i'm supposed to be like laughing like i don't know if that's intentionally funny or not mm -hmm. um and this show, and then on top of that, I found it to be a, a very grounded story, but with very fantastical, like, plot, like, like, plot. And mm. so what I, I think all of that transitioned so beautifully into the show, because it, again, has that energy of, like, it, it's awkward. There's an awkward charm to it that is that is self-aware, and I think it's, like, it's self-knowing and it's awkward charm. I think those little moments are ingenious and some jokes are like very sophisticated and very smart and some of them are like just like a, a boob joke like it's just a basic pre-k boob joke or not pre-k i hope not pre-k yes <laughs> but you know middle uh, school middle school boobs yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so i found it to, to translate really really well from mm. watching the movie and being like what is this I, I like it but i'm like confused to this show being like okay i really like this and i'm still like the perfect amount of confused do you know what i mean by certain mm -hmm. like certain little jokes um but that is just that that isn't to say that it's all that because there's also like really really smart humor when i was mm -hmm. watching the trolls the episode and the, the trolls and sorry i don't know the name of the episode um but when <laughs> when he's when um, Graydon is talking about like, well, Laura's saying we're gonna cut down all the trolls, and Graydon's like, well, we don't, we're not talking about like their confidence. And then I was like, what the, what is he talking about? But then the punchline of Borman being like, well, I really just kind of like cut down their pizzazz. Like, it's so fun, it's so smart. Like, that's like smart to me. I find that to be yeah. really refreshing. And it's not like I love Marvel, but it's not like a Marvel joke. It's not a Marvel yeah. joke. Like, it's a very, yeah. it's a very different kind of humor. That it's willing to lose people. It's almost like, yeah. Like there's there's the overarching blockbuster humor mm -hmm. of the modern era. There's the Marvel brand of which, you know, is is very Spider-Man. Like he he's the bedrock of Marvel comedy for a reason. It's relatable. Yeah. Everyone should get it. But then there are the people like Taika and James Gunn who are willing to lose you for a joke. Yeah. Like they're yeah. like, this joke is not going to be for everybody. Not everyone's going to laugh at 
you know, uh, some of the stuff in Ragnarok about like the devil's anus and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not yeah. everybody's going to laugh. Yeah, yeah, they have a full duel, like things like that. Not everyone's gonna laugh at those things. And yeah. same with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like people are gonna find some of those characters to be unlikable or, or hard to access. Same with like mm-hmm. Peacemaker, things like that. And Kasdan, you know, he's got this whole writing staff, of course, it's television, so it's different. Mm-hmm. But what they've managed to tap into, I think, is that right balance. Like there are jokes where it's like everyone will laugh at that. Like I think you know, Borman's a great example of having a lot of it. Uh, yeah. the whole the whole spectrum he's got jokes like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna leave this world the same way i came in <laughs> butt naked and kicking ass like everybody <laughs> could laugh at that but right. then there are the ones that are more like you're saying like confidence and pizzazz being equated to violence and we just do that joke and if you don't get it you don't get it and if you do you do <laughs> or it's just like an you, awkward scene <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and if you don't if you do think it's funny if you don't yeah. um little it, it's a show that's not afraid to do that with comedy and it's not afraid to do it with plot and storyline and magic as well, like with its own lore. Um, I I consider it a, to be a, a hallmark of George Lucas when you look at all three of the main creations. Um, it's like, well, how does the force work? It works the way the script needs it to work. But uh, how does the Ark of the Covenant, it works the way the script needs it to work. Mm-hmm. And, and the same way where there are things that are brought up here that just are and they you know warwick davis has a lot of moments where he just has to confidently say like oh we wanted the flute to be magic now oh well sometimes you know meaningful objects can be magical conduits yeah i believe that (laughs) like yeah it could be conduits awesome second to last episode and there's a new magical okay cool like you're either on board or you're not and the show is not going to wait for you to be on board and also we're having fun yeah, and on top of that, the characters themselves in the world don't even understand the lore. It's incredible. Yeah. Like when yeah. when when Kit is like, Well, like this is gonna happen if like you know the worm's just trying to work through the crone to get to the thing, and like what's gonna happen? And then like Laura, Laura's <laughs> like the harbinger. It's just like, Oh yeah, the harbinger, the harbinger. It's like yeah, oh the so... back to back. Oh yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's fantastic. So, just so the good. sisters sharing a brain. And it's true because it's like it is the kind of thing where you have to you're like, okay, so Bavmorda was this level she was actually the level three villain under the crone and the crone serves the worm but then to the side of all that is the blood of the six and that's why they targeted bev morta and you can get into the whole like branching of evil and how evil works together and it's it's you know it it gets more complicated than like oh there's palpatine and there's vader like it's more in the if you took it very seriously, if there was no humor, it would be sort of Tolkien-esque of like, mm-hmm. yes, there's some, yes, there's some layers here and an eldritch god and some bloodline and some other city. Is that true? Is that not true? How much of what the crone, as Lily says, is his actual backstory versus lies? And the show says, maybe you'll find out, maybe you won't. It's yeah. not, it, it, it tells a complete story. But like I was saying to you, Nikki, off air, and I'll throw it to you for this, like, it very confidently like yes it calls a shot at the end with the books it's kasdan saying it's done book closed but also we could go on if you let us um but there are things that in our modern culture of like i need everything explained now i need all the answers now there's no resolution for willow and sorcia there's no reconciliation right there's there's no return home that's left 
that's the next adventure. You get Borman, you get those self-aware moments, like earlier Borman saying you get one cry per quest. Then at the end, he's like, you know, you're going to have to earn your way to adventuring with us. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're you know, we're like he, he's, he's now taking ownership of the, of the, of the kids around him. Um, it's, it's interesting to see it sort of have the, the sort of like savviness to be like, that's not something we need to really carry forward right now. Like what actually happened with Willow and you know, what, where was he when his wife needed him? All we get is that he wasn't around and then his son left him. Like that's all you need for mm-hmm. the gut for the, for the heart mm-hmm. at this time. Yeah. I think, and yeah, just to bring attention to that final shot again, I think it's a very, it is throwing the gauntlet down to the people writing the checks, but mm-hmm. I think it is also a very savvy business decision too mm-hmm. on the writer's part by saying, give us two more and we got this, yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it, it's one thing for it to be like, you know, I think to try and sell a story where it's like, and we can do this and we can do this and we can do this. And it just keeps going nebulous versus three volumes. Yeah. That's it. We mm-hmm. can, we can do this. It's here, back us for it. We'll give you the the best product possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that confidence in where you're going, what you're gonna do. I think I think that will help um, sort of shift shift what needs to be shifted to get this thing renewed, announced, you know, pushed forward. Um, so I, I think first of all that, and then yeah, like to your point, when you are able to do when you are able to say we only need a volume two and a volume three, then that's when you know you can spread out those things, those you know the where's Willow's son, you know all that. Um, what was his name again? I forget. His, oh, it's it's Kaya Mims and yeah, I, I can only know Kaya. Why Mims. did I forget the son? Well, you know it's because you're not in the show. <laughs> no, son. he left because so you left Willow. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. your name. Maybe don't leave your dad. <laughs> yeah, so like I think. Again, like it is the thing where it's it's not even just eh, we'll save it for later. It's yeah. we, they probably have a specific spot in where it's gonna yeah. be. And it's like yeah. I think, yeah, just the the pure notion of being able to say we know beginning to end, and that's now it, you know, it's your it's it balls in your court. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is what gives me confidence in the fact of like, yeah, all those little things that we didn't get more answers on. I mean, there's a whole lot to unpack with the Bone Reavers and and Jade and so you know, what Tyrion does. That's what I want the comic book to be. Yeah, yeah. something <laughs> like that. Like, what is what 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 is her choice? I mean, there was the whole like, when mm-hmm. this is over, I I might want to live here. Would you want to like? There's a lot of every Graydon. We never found out what possessed him, and I think in something mm-hmm. else. And, and why he was a target for that and what and what his father knows and doesn't know the the political play for Tira's lean like why was their name not that good anyway yeah like is yeah. it were they were they the slavers because yeah. it's gives galadorn like there's a lot going on that is left open but because the show is fearless enough to be like well this is what we're doing right now it's the crone mm-hmm. battle yeah and you know and these basic ha- base relationship right yes and, this is and like all that establishing a party a dnd party or a fellowship which they even say in the show um it's like jade says before she does her leap of faith like a war is coming which is almost jade saying like yeah we've got other storylines but if we don't stop that particular witch right now then 
versus moot and so it, it had a lot of just un- relentlessly confident um but moving specifically more into the nitty-gritty of this episode it, in terms of the setup you know what jamie child's directed here and it's i'm not gonna say it's straightforward uh like there's not a lot happening but in terms of a to b uh it is storm the evil lair magic battle sword fight it's it's your classics it's the hits it's play the, the hits <laughs> yeah yeah exactly kill the witch save the prince yeah or, or, and are they even say in, in episode seven you know Alora with her badass face she's like i'm gonna kill that witch yeah like that's it um but we're gonna take character by character because i feel like that's worked out the best for this show sometimes it's hard to do that it's hard to do that in house of the dragon because of all the, mm. the politicking and everything and how intimate some of the scenes are. It was a little easier to do it in rings um, because everything was separated. We have yeah. elves, we have dwarves. But this one, because it's one party and there is no splitting up and nothing, it's, but everybody has their journeys, it's like we have a nice set of stories to talk about. So let's start with the man himself, Willow, who, you know, Mark Davis from the get was very clear about the fact that Mark Hamill in Last Jedi was a big inspiration for him. They did not do what a lot of people thought they would do with the easy thing to do, much like with Luke, which would have been, oh, it's 20 years later. Willow is super powerful. He's not. The entire time he's been battling insecurity, he's admitted under the influence of truth plums and then later on not his failures, uh, how he feels like a fraud. They use the ending of the first film, which was endearing for that film to, you know, oh, he won with a trick. Now it's like, oh, you won with a trick and you and what does that mean later? It's great in the moment, but what does it mean later? Now we have him making the choice and and, and he's trying to invoke his daughter's name as an out, but it was his daughter that told him you need to go. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's like realizing him realizing that he's caught himself uh, in a corner and that he has to make a choice. So how did you feel about the way that Willow's arc came to a head at the end? Chase, we'll start with you. Um, I really loved it. Like I spoke earlier about sort of like the health of having a relationship with someone and being there for someone, but also kind of doing what you were destined to do and doing what you have to do. But I mean, the whole show, I loved this idea of, yeah, he like wanted a trick, but as I guess from an audience perspective, I left Willow the movie being like, okay, so like, you know, anyone can be a hero as long as they have the courage to be themselves, like that type of thing. He learned, leaned mm-hmm. into what made him him, and he did the pig trick, and it saved the day. And then it's just so funny because it's like, I, I don't, I, it just does a really wonderful job of like all the younger characters for the most part have to learn, like, you know, if the first movie is like, you, you know, just be yourself and you can be a hero, and the show is more like, you know, well, who are you? You know, how do you find yourself? And then Willow as a character kind of has to like rediscover a huge lesson that I felt like he learned in the movie, which was just be, you know, be yourself and do what you can. But it's so, it's so honestly very raw and vulnerable and real of a character in this show, because I, in my opinion, it really speaks to sort of this, like this, like macabre reality of like, yeah, you get older and you don't even all the time feel older. And like you, you, but you, will always still like want the same things or similar mm-hmm. things. Like Willow always wants to be a hero. He always wants to be a great sorcerer. And he's also having to, and it's just part of growing up and you have to reconcile with like, well, what can I do? And like, what am I actually like 
just holding myself back on, but it's yeah. also trying to be realistic, but also try to be aspirational. Like it's like a really delicate thing and it's really easy to like slip down a million different, not positive slopes with that. And so with him in this, in this season and the conclusion of his arc, I was really, really happy. I think his bigger arc is more like going back to like winning by being himself and also becoming a great sorcerer. Cause he's work. He is, just now really working hard to get there i think his imposter syndrome that he felt over the years is clear like you know when he's with his family and he's with the um you know with i don't know is it like a name for where he lives i guess it's just like a melbourne village i yeah, don't, I don't Mel- know if there's melbourne, a um, yes yeah yeah but like you know he's kind of he's not really like training to be a great sorcerer no. he's, he's faking it and so he just adopted think, the same stuff that yes that he watched other, yeah. Yes, exactly. So I think that's his bigger arc. But what I loved about his the the finale, like where he landed in this season, is he landed on lo- not worrying and just sort mm-hmm. of trusting other people, which he hadn't yeah. done since Mad Mardigan left. Like since he hadn't done since Sorsha, out of pocket girl was like, <laughs> "You will never be a great sorcerer." And like she had a point, like to an extent. Like we can't bank on that, Willow. Like there's yeah. like a huge threat coming, but like that's not how you handle that. And like. Yes, he can be a great sorcerer, and yes, he can help a lot, and and will also work together in all these other ways to stop the evil. But anyway, um, I liked where he landed, just in terms of wow, he just can relax a little bit. He can trust other people. He can have these relationships, and you know, it's 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 expertly demonstrated in the castle episode in Nakmar when he's like when he's like you know same as I did last time with my friends. It's a cheesy line, but it's like I mean that's important for him, and that's where mm-hmm. I think he settled in a really nice way in the finale. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's it's the idea of Willow realizing Willow functionally is it's like if it's like if someone adapted Lord of the Rings and they called it Samwise, like mm-hmm. he is the sidekick to guys like Mad Mardigan, yeah, to women like Sorsha, to heroes like Kit and Borman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And 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 but he's also our lead, but now he's our legacy player. So it's even, mm. yes, it's the Luke Skywalker of it all, the uh, or the Rocky Balboa of it all, or the Maverick of it all, whoever, like Batman and many takes. Like, I, I have something left. I have something unfinished. It's it's eating at me. Like, I didn't, I didn't come to peace. But then you add the, and I was kind of a side character, not taken seriously anyway. Yeah. Like, even in my own movie, even my own story, yeah. I was, I did a little trick and yeah. everyone patted me on the head and sent me home and for for that to fester in certain ways it was i think really compelling and for him to show up at the wedding at the fake wedding with that you know slam the step down moment do the big spell for him to like you said to not worry really is the energy from when he comes back he's like i'm in your head dummy uh <laughs> you know i gotta kill these blokes like he's it's almost like willow who, who who would banter with mad martigan with val kilmer like that warwick was back yes. in, the, in the end yeah. and when jade's like should we go back and try to kill the worm and he's like they'll be fine we pissed it off but you know we'll, <laughs> we'll like willow sort of has like swag by the end yes he's yes. like not questioning things he's like i'll smash my staff and use my crystal and just trust yourself like yeah it's like how Willow got his groove back in a certain way, which definitely a really interesting way to take it. Um, because you're right. Like, yeah, like Sorsha, Sorsha has been getting a lot of heat 
uh, from fans, like why did she <laughs> act the way that she did? But it's like you got to keep in mind from her perspective, she's got the Leia Luke legacy. It's like hard, yeah, it's hard. She's she, and it's not just my parent was evil; it's I was. Yes, I yes. was complicit until the third act of that first story. So and, like, there's a and, general for evil. Yeah, and you also like throw into the mix that she's not like a sorceress. Like, so no. she also like, but she also has like her mom's blood. Like, there's just like so much yeah. like there's so much intensity around that, and she's also just trying to be a queen, which really we didn't i don't think she really had like a good blueprint for how to be a queen so no, <laughs> there's a lot no, with impending it was doom. awful yeah, yeah. so and yeah, her Nikki, husband uh, left i mean like so. uh, on her orders and, uh, exactly and yeah like yeah she 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 broke the family to try yeah. to get away from the truths that willow was preaching which was like she yeah. needs to be trained and so I, that's a good point nikki for you to jump in on like willow is affirmed in the end she did need to be trained but like all good mm -hmm. stories, it could not be in the way that anyone said it would be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what is so great about Willow's story in this, like the way that Willow or this season of Willow and the last Jedi are like companion pieces mm -hmm. is like endlessly, endlessly fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that the scene that I, like it really hit me with Willow was when he tells Kevin Pollock to get in the bag. He's like, come on, we're going. And he's like, no, we're done. I'm done. Like I did my thing. Yeah. And, and like, that is, that is the lesson, right. For these sort of legacy heroes where it's like, yeah, it's not actually your responsibility anymore to, to lead the way. Like it's, yeah. that's not on you anymore. And, mm -hmm. and I think that was sort of, you know, a big thing for Willow to, to learn and you know to be in that place of you know yeah i kept seeing this vision of elora and you know that's gonna happen nothing ever changes it no matter what happens it's always ends the same way and like again you know that the way that sort of digs into his psyche and how it implants and is just the way he then proceeds through life and like again we talk about luke and last jedi luke goes to octo stays on the island like willow basically takes the whole all his people to the island right and he's mm -hmm. like okay we're all going we're all hiding underground yeah. lock the doors right someone can poke their head up top if, if someone pops by but like yeah just the way the way it's such a like mirrored um character journey for willow and luke in in terms yeah. of your fears your insecurities um holding you back and stopping you from learning what you need to learn which is to support um these young people who who need you and mm -hmm. so yeah i think like for me it, it really synthesized at the um the uh when he gets into alora's head i was like tears coming like, <laughs> yeah. and it's like and you know he's like you know i'll whatever like i forget the exact dialogue but it was brilliant yeah. and, and it ends with like you know i'll be there with you yeah and it's wherever like, the adventure is... goes or wherever the adventure takes oh, us yeah. yeah yeah and so i think for that to be like where he lands yeah, again you just you think back to the early episodes and how crotchety he was trying to teach her the spells and you know doing it my way or whatever and then and he lets go of that and mm -hmm. he's like you know what i'm gonna be here for you you're it, you're not gonna you know it's not about what i you know what i am i'm here for you yep and on yep. top of that like we see him in episode three i think or he's like he's like worried about how much magic he has left he's like i can't use all this magic final mm -hmm. episode he's smashing his staff 
to help mm-hmm. Kit save her brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's just yeah. like grab this and do whatever you have to do. Like, I mean, that was just awesome to see in the similar similar way. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge huge motif of letting go. And, and to your point, like the idea of training a certain way, it has to get entirely abandoned by the unlikely wizard apprentice from the first movie like yeah. he has to allow these kids to be the kid that he was mm-hmm. and he doesn't have mad mardigan because of circumstance he doesn't have sorcia because of circumstance he reaches out to rule rule says no Razel is dead shalindria is gone like he's it's like he is having that realization of oh it can't be the first adventure it literally can't be and so i have to empower these kids in their own way and we get the breaking of the staff we get shalindria's wand being snapped in half like there's all these uh alora's hair journey and the symbolism there of you know her her big spell and skellen finally blows the rest of the hair dye away like mm-hmm. all the stuff that's been laid out about who you are who you aren't um how you get to decide that willow became a great sorcerer by the end because he finally decided that he was mm-hmm. and and all it takes sometimes saying like yeah, I am. I, I I will do it because I have to do it because I I said I could. Um, a lot of people, interestingly enough, like were already in name the thing that they became, but they had yet to fill. It's like it's like having a pot and having not filled it with any ingredients. Mm. Like already this you know swordswoman princess badass everything, but. But what about that? Graydon was already this magical scholar when we met him. But what about that? Borman yeah. was already the squire of the sidekick of the greatest hero. But what about that? Yeah. Everybody, Jade, Jade starts the show by being the first woman ever inducted into the Shining Legion. She, she is a great knight already. But what about mm-hmm. that? It was like, fill, fill those things with meaning. It, uh, t- titles and, and roles don't mean anything unless they, unless you make them mean something. And Willow defines a great sorcerer for himself in ways that were not like Shalindria or like anybody else. It was just, I'm going to, you know, I'm in your head, dummy. Like I'm here. Like I, it, it goes back. Like he, he paid off by saying, no matter where it goes, I'll always be with you is going all the way back to finding this baby in the river. Mm-hmm. And, and saying, do you have love for this child? Like it mims telling him like, you know, die, you have to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that was the bit like Mims is excited to see her. Mims yeah. had it right. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm the one that found you in the river. I, you know, you were, you were so small and you were a big baby. Huh? <laughs> that, that all finally solidifies now. And he's like, Oh, I'm still protecting the baby. And, and, and Matt Mardigan was protecting the baby. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Which is the perfect way segue into uh both twins we haven't eric hasn't had a lot of, of shine because he was a, a more of a supporting role um but we have both twins here both you know they have the sibling duel and everything but you know we talked about it uh, a little bit up top with this idea of becoming your heroes that kit has been living in fear that her dad didn't choose her which 
beautifully comes to a head with that monologue in yeah. episode six. And, and also with the, can I be like him now that I'm forced to be on a journey unexpectedly with the baby that became their focus. <laughs> um, and that it were both, you know, these young women and we were having these, these journeys and we're looking for the same guy, but for different reasons. And mm. it's all this stuff that, that binds them. And she realizes that she is the one as Borman tells her, you know, as Ken so beautifully talked about Borman realizes he's not the main character, even though he was Mad Mardigan's boy, he, he's the actual squire, you know, carrying his swords, presumably, you know, tending to his needs, like learning at the feet of, of this legend. Kit is the one that actually gets to use this magical weapon, which I love thematically just on the note of the Chimerian Curious. I talked about it with you, Nikki off air. We're told the legend of the Curious. It was created by a parent to protect their kid. That's why it exists. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, yeah. in, in, in Chimeria yeah. thousands of years ago, whatever, that mom that made it for that prince, like it was made for parents to protect children. And so the fact that he wasn't even there, but we get his voice, you know, with Jack Kilmer playing his dad, uh, for her to be able to like actually wield his sword, actually wear what he was looking for and fulfill what he was going to do, but still in her way. It's, yeah. You know, she doesn't just like, it's not like, oh, you're, as good as he is no you're you're not the best Matt Mardigan you're the best kid and that's what yeah. he would have wanted you to be and Allagash realized that Borman realized that and now she, Willow realized that and now she has to realize it too Willow mm -hmm. says before the leaps of faith like maybe it's just her like Matt Mardigan you know kind of knew this uh it was a, a beautiful way for it to come to a head and then of course the direction and the action blocking and the all, all of the all the gravy on top of the ideas is uh, Ruby Cruz is I mean, like, it's like, what is there to say? I mean, look at this. Look, <laughs> look at this. Look at no it. fears. Absurd. Absolutely absurd. Uh, so, Nikki, jump in about this breakout character of our souls. Like, I, I think I have too many thoughts about Kit Tantalus. So, Fair. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and just pull a folder out and see what happens. <laughs> um, I thought the greatest thing, or not the greatest thing, uh, but the most challenging thing that ended up being the greatest thing for her in this episode was that her test was Sorsha. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was a very clever and mean move <laughs> because, mm -hmm. because it, it's, it sort of goes back to the root of her, her, her insecurity and, and who her disappointment in her life. And you, you take it back and you, you put her against the mother who expects this of her is, planning her wedding is you know tells her she's not being enough you know of the princess she needs to be and then to be to have the forbidden fruit then being the mother saying it's fine you can have mm -hmm. it all the way you want it um and you know and then you know jade's there and she's like oh man oh man i can have everything and you know this idea of of you know taking back all the way to kit's original I want um, dialogue, right? I want this, I want this, I want this. And to offer it all up and to be Sorsha doing it, um, I thought was the, like, yeah, the only way to like really give her her final test for this. Um, and so big, big shout out to the team for, uh, for actually doing that. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and then, and then, yeah, for, for Kit to then have the, the strength of character to be, um, you know, to be 
not fooled by it to have Mad Mardigan come in and and deliver that just really amazing scene with them together. Mm -hmm. um, and again, the confidence, like the show's not like, oh, he he's doing it like this. This is where he is. It doesn't matter. Like it's yeah, it's just about ideas at that point. Yeah, and even like again, like it has that sort of specificity of of language where you know she's like, but I'm I'm not you, and he's like, yeah. You're not. <laughs> it's just like, and the way that lands is like very modern, and yeah, and, yeah. and it's also very Mad Mardigan too. Right. Like, it's right. very Mad Mardigan too. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then he's like, and then you're, you know, you're, you're better. Um, and so I think, yeah, just to have that little chunk of time to that for that to be her temptation, um, I think was really powerful. And then, you know, she comes through it, and um, she, you know, she's ready to be the hero. I, I love it. What, is, what does he say? Like, you're her shield, you're her sword or something. Mm -hmm. Like, it just yeah. unlocks all that epic fantasy vibes um, that are swirling around Kit. Yeah. And and then she goes and does it. Yeah. And, it's, and, and it's... she has to face, you know, facing Eric, I think, is so important because he becomes, not only does he almost become his grandmother and mother in succumbing, but kit is able to not only battle their legacy but redeem it by mm. purifying him and he you know she became mad mardigan and he almost became beginning of the movie sorsha you know an agent of evil uh and much like mad mardigan turned their mom to good she's able to turn their blood to good turn their their history to good she faced that painting of babmorda her grandma and nakmar and and it looked like her for that split second and there's that that movement that happens and you know eric falls but it, it's not an indictment of his character it's not like he's weak it's just that he was you know the road to hell good intentions all that classic stuff like he you know he was trapped for a, a, a intentionally magically ambiguous amount of time mm -hmm. uh, these torturous walks through the desert that never ended like he was just trying to you know make a better world at that point when all hope seemed lost and he, and he falls and their duel is so it's just so emotionally charged that battle i mean both phases of it when it's her and jade but then when it's just sibling versus sibling and the second blade comes out um you know i talked about it a little bit top she's got the sword that he wielded when he became a hero when he made a better choice and then the sword that is evidently built into the the Chimerian Curus, like it's it's then it's how it's legacy, it's newness, it's parents and their children, it's families, and then she's willing, it seems, or she will force herself to be willing to off him if she needs to, yeah, uh, because that was the commitment of her father and of Willow and everybody. But it takes Laura. And we'll segue into her now. It takes Laura to say, "Oh, but but we both know that it's love, and it's it's amazing to see everybody not for bad reasons. It makes sense. They had been still thinking of Laura in magical baby terms mm. for forever, for mm. the last twenty years. She was a kitchen maid who didn't know who she was, so we could still think of her like a thing to protect. And suddenly, the baby is now a grown woman talking, and is like." Um, I have a say, and we both know it's not going to be like that. Yeah, the protection is great, and she appreciates it. And it's not like she's shrugging kid off and saying, "I don't appreciate what your dad and Willow and Sorcia did for me." It's not that, but it's her saying, "There's another way around," which is kind of what Willow does. There's always another way around. You don't. It doesn't have to be 
the way that prophecies say, and, and even when the prophecies are right, it doesn't come about in the ways that people think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The details are fuzzy. Sorsha turned on her mom, but she also, it was also the love of it all and stuff. So with Laura, um, you know, because we could spend forever talking about Kit and Eric, and I do want to sort of get to everybody because I know we have Chase for like another, what, 20, 25? Yeah. I mean, 20 ish. Yeah. Um, the, the stuff with Laura is so powerful because her entire arc from the get was not only do, does she not know she's a Laura Dannon, even the name she's being referred to isn't even the right fake name. She has an <laughs> incorrect fake name. Yeah. Like it's not even Dove, it's Brunhilda, uh, which she's <laughs> never called, uh, which is the name she grew up with. Uh, her, she's had her hair dyed since she was five, and she's had all of these things like to protect her, to protect her, to protect her, sure. But then what have you done? You've you've stunted her growth. You've taken away agency. And it's a classic thing. You know, we, we hid the Skywalker twins. These are things that George is very interested in. Um, these very like Moses-esque, Superman-esque tropes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say Superman-esque, he is Moses. Um, but like those, those ideas are so prevalent. But to now have her as a young woman have these very powerful breakthroughs but also these very modern moments you have the the sorceress uh it was a semprum semprum empress semprum empress like of the nine <laughs> realms like coming to the forefront at the same time that you have a 20 21 year old woman say i don't think i'm into you anymore those breakthroughs happen at the same time you have a breakthrough that is so high fantasy and then a breakthrough that's just every rom-com yeah at the same time and her arc is placed so beautifully and it's so contradictory like she is a goddess and can do it without Shalindra's wand by the end and is blocking things with her forearm and is doing the green lightning and the crackle when she shoots it out of her face out of her face yes out of her face when she doesn't have her hands anymore she just goes and like headbutts it back are you it's kidding? amazing but then she's also like the whole show she likes to cook she yeah. <laughs> wears a jean jacket she's yeah. like she's she's everything Forever and also <laughs> relatable but also miss muffins still. Yeah. it's an incredible way to go with it because again not a lesser show but an easier show it would have been 20 years later she's gandalf you know, yes. and it would have been easy. So Chase, how did you feel about where we got her and her test? Um, which comes down to I don't really want to date you, Eric. Y'all, I <laughs> cried during that wedding. I <laughs> cried. And like it was such a com- I don't know. It's just so funny because I I would never like if you told me like what was gonna happen mm-hmm. on paper, I would I'd be like, Oh, it sounds like a cool moment, but like not not emotional, but it was yeah. like Oh my god, because I don't yeah. I mean, maybe it's embarrassing or not. <laughs> um, but like it is like deeply, deeply like such a sad but moving and tragic like sequence because it's like this haunting, like beautiful I mean, beautiful cover. That's not all the needle drops worked for me, but that one really worked for me. Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of like, you know, she's looking at her friends. She's it's just like let me gather my thoughts. To me, Alora Dannon is very relatable in that she has such like a like a such a so sorry i'm like trying to think of the word i want to like get the right word i guess i'll just say like she has just such a storm of feelings and emotions and thought about Mm. herself 
And it's because of like what you talked about, sort of like as a kid, like getting a lot of it kind of like wiped out of her and kind of a lot of force, like kind of putting her over here and like people making decisions for her, taking away her agency and then growing up and wanting to be all these other things. I mean, she literally is dressed like Disney Cinderella in the first episode. Like she's dressed Mm -hmm. like Cinderella. And she talks about wanting one day she's like, yeah, I wanted to be a princess when they're on the shattered sea and she's talking to Kit. And she's like, I kind of wanted that to be me. And so you get this feeling that she grew up wanting these big things. And then she's told that there's she's these things and she's like confused. Then first she's confused. Then she's like kind of into it. She's like, okay, this is kind of a sleigh. It's kind of like everything I've always wanted. And then mm-hmm. she's like, this is then it's just like the turmoil of like, okay, yeah. well, what does that come with? What does that mean? And everything. Then people die for her. Yeah, and like those those amazing lesbian farmers in the woods, like they were mm-hmm. like, we're ready, we're ready to enlist. And then she watches one of them dies, and the blood is on her hands. Even Eric during the ceremony, oh, like like before, it's before he. It was when he's like tempting her. It's like when he's tempting her with like making everything better. It's like it's like yeah, you don't have to be a Lorna Dan Dan, and you don't have to like you know, and and like you don't have to worry about all the people who died for you. And I'm like, damn, I'm like, it's so like he says it so casually and it's so good, but it's like so weighted. And yeah. so I just like really relate to her sort of like that, oh, that like yeah. that energy, that like sort of like chaotic and desperate energy to sort of like it's just noisy you know what i mean and that's what i like so much about her release through her powers is like that is that is the release of the sense like that needed to happen this poor girl has sort of like been trying to navigate all these things with so many outside forces working against her and also her working against herself and also like three versions of herself there's like the the her that she thought she was the her that she's told she is and the her that she has yet to discover and the her she you know what i mean there's so many versions of her inside that little head so right. not little head but you know what i mean like ever we all have little heads okay and in, in my little head it gets confusing sometimes and <laughs> relative relatively to a lot of other life yes yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you ever see an elephant people <laughs> <laughs> but you're right i mean like it, like that that i love that you made that note about the eric temptation because there are things that are happening for the characters and then there are things that are happening for the viewers that you can have fun with and add to your sort of buffet of analysis. And it's like, Eric is saying that Eric is named after a man that died for her. Yes. Like Eric is yes. named like the, 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 the Tantalos twins are born because of the battle for her. Yeah. Like the quest to keep her safe yep. created their family. Hmm brought their parents together they meet because it's the same way of like you know now we have even greater reason but even before the obi-wan show people would say why why, why did han name his kid ben he doesn't he never really liked obi-wan and it's like yeah but they're they're together because of obi-wan so yeah and that gets deepened of course but it's like everything that hangs over like when kit has that moment of like why every time you could have chosen me he chose you paraphrasing um it's also Laura's a little bit older than the two of you and you exist because of her. And she's reckoning with how she's affected them uh, in, in different ways and how she's affected the entire realm. And so the storm that you're talking about, I think is, is the perfect word that, that you chose because it does take, I mean, like, I don't, I'm, I don't want to send us down the Harry Potter rabbit hole, especially in light of, you know, the world. <laughs> um, but like the, the idea of, of, breaking the wand is like an iconic moment there and wandless magic being sort of the peak of like of power in that world of like that's for the that's for the the real gangsters of magic for her to get to that point obviously it's a different mythology but the symbolism of i am gonna let it all out it's gonna come out of every limb 
it's gonna it's not even a straight beam they're gonna mm -hmm. crackle and turn and mm -hmm. it's gonna be all of these things and i'm gonna be making it up as i go along sort of it, in the same way that willow was it reminded me a lot of what are you the god of again you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like yes that's the thing like you are the conduit you don't need mm -hmm. i think that's very very like powerful oh yeah Laura. that's a great call that, that thor moment i think a lot of people love ragnarok because of that like yes. it's like the odin tells him like are you thor the god of hammers like it's yeah. like no you're not like that was shalindria's wand and it helped willow and it helped you but alora danon was prophesized to be the greatest period it wasn't yeah. the greatest if she did things a certain way it wasn't the greatest if she had x items from other people she got something passed down to her that served its purpose she got you know a, a life that was not great i mean she was in servitude but like she had love and, and was treated well um but by the end she's got an, a magical item that she chooses she takes graydon's flute and it's like that feels right and they don't know that he's still alive so, but that so that feels like i'll be a laura dan and like i want to see her in the next season casting spells out of graydon's <laughs> flute and just doing bananas stuff that we've never seen and yeah i gotta say too another point like when with in relationship to Graydon, I think that it is really wild to watch sort of the disc the disconnect that she has from her passion throughout the whole her whole arc and in this episode. Like that whole moment with the crone, it's like you see, like this guy has he puts his whole thing into it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he he is passionate behind what he's doing. I she could is, feel that he wanted to hurt me. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good because Alora. She's still caught up in her head. She's had to live in her head, especially mm -hmm. as of the identity crisis that is realizing that you're Laura Dana and like and what that comes with. She's completely disassociated and disconnected, like her head from her heart. You know what I mean? And it isn't until Graydon is thrown, thrown out and you know presumed dead that she really is like, okay, whoa. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that really kind of like there's no more. There's no way she could ever like hold back the the passion right. and sort of like have that disconnect which is like it's a safety mechanism and it's a safety mm -hmm. mechanism that i relate to and it's very easy to just sort of cut yourself off but she's like oh i you know that is sort of like i like i just like that that's like one of this, this sort of the mini battles she has to overcome to kick yeah. his, his ass and i love that and i i love that it was the crone is using it as a dig and is you know it's very classic george of like sort of like a given to your hate type moment yeah mm -hmm. um but she but she's miscalculating or, or misjudging what graydon's doing graydon she's taking it as like i could feel is hurt but what it really is talking about his you know we're pretty smoothly transitioning in and out of these characters <laughs> like uh, with, with graydon it's like he, his quest is very much like something that i love like from like john hughes movies mm -hmm. things like that like like mm -hmm. cameron and ferris bueller like he's afraid of his dad and he's like, I'm going to take a stand. Like I'm finally yeah. going to take a stand. And you, t you had all the book knowledge that you retreated into because of trauma. Yeah. But now you've owned the trauma. You've literally had it exercised out of you twice now in your life. And here you are, you're going to grab Shalindria's wand. You're not the chosen one. And so this shows so much about how we are all support for each other everyone in the crew is someone else's support system or multiple mm -hmm. people's support system or has or gets multiple support systems feeding back into them he's not chosen he's just a guy for some reason life has given him the worst deck of cards so far and he stands and if and if, i think for Alora, she's feeding off of his support there because 
if he can do it with none of the destiny, then if I applied myself the way that he has and the way that he has treated her, if he, if she could, if she could channel her own Graydon and stand, mm-hmm. then, then she will win. And, and I think, I think that's what I like about him confessing his feelings for her and saying, I'm not even asking you to, you know, to feel the same way. Like he, he humbly took his L and, and accepted his friend role with no bitterness and, yeah. and was just like not a toxic man about it. And was just very straight up and chill. And uh, I think that he, in, in a lot of ways, got to be part of the Laura Dannon legend by sort of waking her up a little bit when she mm-hmm. needed it. Um, mm-hmm. And they'll find out. I'm sure that he's not dead, but as it stands, his sacrifice binds the group together. I mean, you get a moment of like horrific shock from Borman's point of view. Yeah. Who, who's been avoiding these types of things because of losing friends. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really poignant to see Graydon have that and just really go hard and and for and also the, the symbolism too of like this is an an all ages show and so there are there are little things that i love same way with star wars where it's like there are things i like because i understand them with like the you know the ap lang ap lit brain <laughs> uh but then there are things where i'm like i like that a child will watch this and be like Graydon has purple magic and no one else has purple like yeah that that's 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 for the little ones that yeah. works that's yeah. just a, that's visual language Nikki, Tony Ravioli, what do you got? <laughs> um, why, why do we, why do we already miss him? Because it hurts to lose him, and I yeah. think that's what is so powerful about, you know, a, a, thankfully he's not dead, but b, the fact that he's functionally dead to them is great, and it's, it's a great way to end the season, and that they, they leave with a really bloody nose. You know, they won, mm-hmm. but it hurt, and I think, um, you know, with the little sort of epilogue type thing where we see him and we know he's in the he's in a weird place not not <laughs> not a pleasant place um but i think yeah for it's it's almost like his death is you know it's it's uh, it's so important for the rest of the the little questing crew mm-hmm. and and you know it's proof that um you know you're gonna go or what is what does uh borman say he's like we're all gonna die you know mm-hmm. um and you know it, it's proof that you know you don't just go you know, out onto, out into the world and, and, you know, you all come home. Like that's, that's not how it works. So I think for them, it'll be really interesting. Should we get to our much anticipated season two premiere? Mm -hmm. It'll be really interesting to see how they are, are, you know, processing the fact that they lost someone. Yeah. Um, And I think that is, that's going to be really sad. (laughs) And then also it'll be fun when, when Tony Ravioli, gets to reveal himself back to them and be like yeah i mean guys i think he's like one of the perfect actors to deliver that kind of scene (laughs) he is like it'll be such an anti-beat he is perfect (laughs) at the anti-delivery that one you brought up about cutting their confidence or favorite yeah yeah the way that he talks about uh when they shave his beard and he's like (laughs) but i thought that you said that women like you know, beards. Uh, women like a clean shaven. What about him? And he's like, well, he doesn't have a girlfriend. Like, oh. like, <laughs> I also loved his. Uh, oh, I wish someone told me. I'm really afraid of dying. Yeah, yeah I'm really yeah. afraid of dying. <laughs> or just like his his emotional in- intuition with Kenneth, of yeah. like that's something that the show just like does and not leaves, but just it just like they just gave that creature an arc because like just because it shows Graydon like 
Graydon's been used and abused his entire life by demons, by his father. And then he saw that this creature was running out of gas and he said, yeah. I'm not doing it. I'd rather walk. And and it paints him at to be a, a really powerful sorcerer, you know what I mean? Because they mm -hmm. talk about communing with communing with animals. So it was also like cool to see on that end too. It's just yeah. 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 He fulfilled his potential. And uh now uh I have to say on a personal note, um, I saw Dark Alora or Worm Alora or whatever yes. we're gonna call her. Um, and uh Graydon's living my dreams now. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he, he's living like it might be a nightmare in, in lore, but leading the the armies of hell in a metal album cover with ellie bamber in that costume is and her short hair like that haircut oh. works i also have to say yeah. it was giving like serious galadriel like hall brand sauron vibes for me just like that whole thing just like oh just her was... little speech her yeah little... like her little speech and like yeah. the join me type of thing At my like, side it... yeah. yes it was yeah. that it just really fed the rings of power fan in me too <laughs> but i just <laughs> i just love that like in Star Wars, most of the times the join me's don't work. In yeah. Lord of the Rings, it didn't work. I love that Graydon's gonna be like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Where do I get in my black outfit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. I'll let the hair down. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. Like it's it's yeah, I'm so excited to see how that works because this is in the way that like Spider-Man is young people, in the way that as you're finding out now, Buffy is everything in Buffy, every monster, every every spirit every ghoul is a metaphor mm -hmm. everything that happens is a metaphor there are things that happen in buffy i won't spoil them for you but like that's like oh it's about when a young person goes through this it's about mm -hmm. when a clique of friends goes through this and this might be you know graydon's like okay you found all your skills but now you got to have the with great power lesson yeah and sure. and maybe that'll be where his art goes um we got a couple more people to talk about uh, there was no perfect segue out of demonic Alora um, because I just want to live there. Uh, but we have also two of our, our biggest badasses, if not the two biggest badasses. Uh, Nikki, I'll throw it to you. Where are we going to go? Are we going to go Borman or are we going to go Jade? I can, I will happily go either. We're going to do them both. Draxus, relax this Borman. <laughs> relax this. Ah, I mean, yeah. What, what Ken said about him saying it's not my story there was a really funny tweet today that was like borman being relatable like he'd rather jump off a waterfall <laughs> than, than feel than, any emotion feel, <laughs> feel emotion. <laughs> he's like too late my like the uh omar's performance this man needs to book every part he's a gem man i don't he's again up. like i don't know where they got him from and i feel bad because i'm sure he's done you know whatever he's done i'm sure it's been great yeah but like yeah they just plucked this gem out of nowhere i've said it before but outside of one shock trooper character in the mandalorian uh they have nary nary a miss in like from star wars rebels all the way to willow the young talent that they've plucked out of nowhere yeah has just been unreal like yes. yeah. for, for, like yeah i mean as good for, a rolodex as you'll see in the industry it's insane. Like the fact that you could say like, oh yeah, we've got like Daisy Ridley and we've got like Aaron Kellerman and now we've got this whole cast and John Boyega and it, it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, Borman's arc, Nikki, where do you want to go? I mean, Ken covered so much of it so beautifully, but from your point of view, we've sort of, it wasn't like it was shocks and twists. Like it was what you expected, but the it's the execution that really made it sing. Yeah. And I think, it's it's 
the combination of all his um stuff mostly probably i'd track it back to like the slaughtered lamb mm -hmm. episode um and just like when you're able to like piece those little things together of oh he hid the the lux away he hid or you know he hid the the, mo the motives and he didn't didn't know the truth the, or about mad martigan or him and allagas were all you know saying you know it was you it was you um and so i think when you're just sort of tracking it all and like seeing it all come together and it it, it really culminates with um him trying the curious and not working and that i think is a very powerful beat to have done in the previous episode so that you can then because again there's a lot to cover everyone's mm -hmm. here in the same place a lot to cover mm -hmm. not everyone's going to get time to to do our stuff so it was very wise to get that out of the way so that we can now jump into this episode where he's yeah. ready to give it um give it away and acknowledge his place and and it's not you know he's not who he thought he was but who he is mm -hmm. is someone better and, and i think that's that's so cool and and again ken said all that at the beginning really well and um right it's it's what it's what's so such a powerful thing about um about the character and then for me also as as someone whose last name is kumar <laughs> it's a it's really wonderful to have a, a brown like a brown you know indian actor brown skin um there on screen doing awesome stuff in a fantasy oh, yeah. world it is it is so yeah. cool and I, I think it's one of those things where it's like you don't often know how cool it is until you get it yeah because because mm -hmm. that's what that was me like growing up i was like oh you know what you know i can i can relate to any character you know i don't need them to look like me like you know I, if i if i you know connect to the journey then that's that's the cool thing and then i saw a few people who kind of looked like me and i was like oh this is so cool <laughs> like know? forget other characters yeah, right yeah, <laughs> i was it, i was gaslit <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but it's yeah it's like it's a powerful thing and when you can do it all and you know combine it all that's when you're making magic on screen and mm -hmm. and yeah omar was just incredible he's incredible so guessing. eternally likable like yeah. he's, his yes. delivery is like we talked about the mixture of modern and fantasy like he has he him and warwick probably have the 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 biggest like carry the fantasy load of like just dumping exposition out he has to tell the legend story he has to drop a lot of the stuff about Mad martigan he has to do a lot of a lot of like keeping the threads going especially being mm -hmm. the one that knew Mad martigan and Sorcia back in the day when he was young mm -hmm. he was the squire um but he but he's able to imbue it with such heart and like what i love about him having that moment of realizing that he could be the better version is that like he was a squire he was there to serve and sorsha even sets it up in the first episode he'll do it because of a debt and if if kit realizes that she has to become the her father and even the better version of her father borman becoming the better version of mad martigan squire is putting the magical protection on his daughter like like closing the loop like you, whatever happened him and alagash can't even agree on what happened mm -hmm. but but we lost mads in some way we lost him he's out there somewhere but we lost yeah. him and he blames himself for that and so the only way he can close the loop is like now it's his kid i'm protecting her here's this is what your dad was looking for i'm going to be the delivery mechanism for your family like mm -hmm. i am there's a lot of like 
something that Maggie pointed out when we were talking about um, about Prisoners of Skellen is the the stuff with the the found sisterhood that between uh, Kit and Elora. And there's a, a, a siblinghood here as well. Of like he's sort of Mad Mardigan's other kid, and he's he's an older brother. And for him to be like, I've redeemed myself now in my duties um, by being the support for the support. Like this show, mm-hmm. I think tells kids there's no shame in being a sidekick. Like there's no shame in being a Sam, or there's no shame in being a Robin or a a C3PO or or whoever you're going to yeah. be like those are all valid roles like and I think that what makes this crew work is that none of them really have main character energy until the very very end when <laughs> until they need to do something <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. and yeah, I think and, that's a, oh, oh sorry. sorry you go ahead you go ahead Nikki um yeah I think that's that's just like the really powerful thing about the the quest group being there to support each other and mm-hmm. like we, we talked before the fellowship breaks right in lord of the rings mm-hmm. the other great fantasy quest like um the fellowship breaks and they become different branches of stories you know mm-hmm. to finish off the that big thing and and this they they stay together and you know you, you are allowed to be that support character and it's not to say it's not like take the back seat in a like derogatory way it's just like you know you can you it's also it's just as important to mm-hmm. prop up and support because yep. people need it Mm-hmm. They literally, and they, I was going to say that I do think that is part of the reason why people don't really know, some people don't really know how to experience the show. And I don't mean that in the way that they're ignorant, but I just mean in a way that it, it is unique and it is like, it is sort of like, yeah, confusing. Do you mean audiences get trained? Yeah, exactly. That's what, yes, yeah. exactly. And this is, this is like a new thing. It's just, it's, it's, it, that's, it, it's, it's a show that's like, I always say this, it is. It is like so perfectly like nostalgic and it's way ahead of its time at the same time. Like it just really kind of is that juxtaposition. And I think with the thing about the supporting characters and supporting each other and everything is, is, and I'm not trying to segue at all, but it is going to happen to, but because is, is Jade's line about sort of like, it's like, well, Willow's like, well, you know, Kit is Laura's protector. And then she's like, well, mm-hmm. who protects Kit? You know what I mean? And then it's like, well, then who protects Jade? Like, it's just like, we're all protecting each other. And it's like, Willow had, you know, Mad Mardigan was there protecting Laura too, but he was also protecting Willow. Do you know what I mean? It's like, everyone's just kind of like protecting yeah. each other. And it just- And what did it, Willow give him? But a purpose. Like, yes. His, yes. His, his arc solidifies when he, 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 Mad Mardigan never served a kingdom. And he says, I serve yes. the Nelwyn. Right. Like, yeah. Right. I, I like, he, they, it's what it's a feedback loop right like yes. it's it, you're, what i give you is not necessarily what i get from you or vice versa but both are necessary and mm-hmm. and for those listening to the podcast i'm doing a lot of hands I'm doing a lot of <laughs> um i really do suggest the video version because you're missing out on me throwing up the ruby cruise image and also hands <laughs> um you're, you're right i mean it it's it's the, the the themes of servitude and the themes of of support are so important because it it also raises the question for all the characters and we will segue into jade with this is you know wrapping up borman and then segueing into her borman's a great example you thought finding magical artifact would equal i feel better but you what you found was your ex-girlfriend and you got to rekindle love and slow dance with her and you got to see mad mardigan's kids be okay and you got to 
you know, get, get out of jail. You got some very, <laughs> you got some surface level wins and some really deep personal wins. And you got to make peace with Alagash. You got to kill three gales. And come out, you know, I hope he gets to By see his mom. himself yeah, without the but... magical object too, which yes. is significant. Yeah. And when he says, he's like, when he's, he's like, I'm, you know, by being naked and kicking butt, it's like, it's mm -hmm. funny, but it's also like, well, he is like naked in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. It's the most yeah. vulnerable he is. He risks mm -hmm. his himself for friends, which he hasn't done in a long time. He allows himself to go to places like, oh, I do give a shit about these people. I do love them. Yeah. He gives away the thing that he's wanted his whole life. Do you mean like it really he's naked in a lot of ways? Mm -hmm. Before yeah. we leave him, I just want to say that it's one of my favorite script choices to not show him fight them and just have yes. him come out be a little shook and be like, it's I want my mom. It's one of those amazing, like your imagination will always be better what, than anything that they could have shown mm -hmm. you. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, just, uh, it's like, whatever that means to you, it could be, he could have taken him down in a funny way. It could have been heinous. Like it could yeah. have been, it the ability, been to, it's just the so ability to leave it, just to leave it up yeah. to the, because they've shown, like we spent seven episodes establishing that he is a capable badass. Mm. And then, and has to, like one of the coolest swords. And oh, it's fantastic! That is incredible. I, the ah, uh, I just want all the merch. But like, yeah, the way that it flips, and it's like, okay, we've shown you all that, but then we showed you his heart, so you get no action. Like <laughs> now, it's you don't need it. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna yeah. get it over here with Kit, and you're gonna get it over here with Jade and with Eric. But it, it, it's about something else. And and with Jade, she was ahead of the curve in a lot of ways because she was the closest to knowing who she was i think at the outset she knew she, she was a protector and she got tested early. early she had to kill her adoptive father yeah. um in in ballantine and the person who was giving her a certain validity and she had the pressure of sorcia's mission which then gets added context we find out that their friendship and love which became real started as more of an assignment um and then her backstory so she's she's been tested and changed and flipped and like jay got the whole fresh prince of bel-air theme song like life <laughs> flipped upside down by by the end of this uh but she comes out of it not different but enriched it's like yeah. highlight and underlined and yeah. we talked about it in text like one of my favorite beats of any show and forever is when the lux arcana is working and the the armor is activating and they just cut to her face and it's the most pure, like, yeah. that's my girlfriend. Like, yeah, it's yeah. the most pure, just loving, awestruck thing. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, it's 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 both a perfect romance arc, a perfect uh, arc of of servitude and loyalty, um, but also really taking charge of the fact that her leap of faith was alone. A great and follows her, but it was it was willing to be alone. That question of who supports her and how that goes around. I feel almost as if Kit and Jade, not to reduce them as as I'm not at all saying that they are, you know, just a female version or something else, but if you ever wondered like what did Frodo and Sam have like a something? Like this mm -hmm. is the modern fantasy that's like, yeah, what if they did? And what if they were, what if it was YA? And what if mm -hmm. it was these two women? And what if it was a woman of color? And what if it was all of these things? Um, and and then, yeah, and, and, but, but again, to leave things open, like we don't, we don't see the show end with the high beat. It's not like we get back to Tyrus Lane and she puts on an armor like Ballantine and suddenly mm, she's in yes. charge. 
it ends with her just eyeing her girlfriend like yeah and then it's like so great because it's like it's like damn like she looks hot in that armor but then like it's just like yeah i don't know how to take it off like it's so <laughs> yeah it's willow literal. it's so willow there's just so many little mm-hmm. moments like that where i'm like oh that's like i if i wish i could just be like watch it with people and we could all just go that's willow that's willow that's yep. willow just the little beats yeah. are so good there needs to the be way that good I was just gonna say, I love the way in just these um, characters are always so like paradoxical with themselves because yes. it's like yes. the Laura we have her starting kind of ditzy and then being you know the savior of the universe and um, you know Kit is the confident princess who liter- who has every insecurity you could ever imagine and then and Jade is the greatest knight ever who's just like a squishy marshmallow underneath right like mm-hmm. like just the way they all exist and i think i think she's really she's really sort of fascinating going forward again we already mentioned like with the bone reaver stuff but even within this season she doesn't seem to have much in terms of like resentment to sorcia or tirasleen like mm-hmm. she still kind of seemed like i'm down to serve i love i love that jade's love language is service um mm-hmm. like it's it's great and and I think, yeah, that's a really like interesting thing about her. It's something I hope we get to unpack further um, and, and yeah, just see where she goes with all that. Yeah. And, and the fact that the two of them, they even have a line about it at the end of Wildwood, like my dad killed your dad. Like they, they, they're both born of evil, but it's an evil that wasn't inherently evil, which we find out for both Bev Morta and Kale mm-hmm. that the Bone Reavers come from slavery and that yeah. Bev Morta once had potential and was turned by the crone. And the two of them together as, as heroes, as young women, as lovers, as friends and knights and royals and knight, everything is able to, they're purifying things together. And they're figuring mm. things out. And you don't get the answers of, are we going to live at my house or your house? Are we going to go to the, we spend half, spend the Christmas at Wildwood and then New Year's Eve at Tears Lane? Like, there, <laughs> there's, there's nothing like that yet. They haven't gotten to that stage of figuring it out, but it's a, we're there. It's like their arc sort of has these key beats. And then, you know, them in, in episode seven, when Kit, uh, who is a, dominant uh personality <laughs> to keep it very keep it very uh pg um there's a certain turn. there are certain uh yeah choices in the direction and the acting and the placement of the actresses yeah we'll just say. uh and uh, uh you know vertically and and horizontally and you know the axes <laughs> uh <laughs> that tell you a lot uh they they're making breakthroughs consistently throughout the entire thing and when yeah. they when they fought in the season, when they disagreed, when they were angry at each other, both sides were always reasonable. It was never like some schlockier TV where it's like someone is an ass because they need to be so we can have mm-hmm. a fight. Um, it just felt natural. Um, and I loved it. And I love where we where we left her and, and where we left all these characters. Did we talk about everybody already? That was so... That felt I mean- so... We talked about basically everyone in the crew. I just have to say, I can't wait to see what Scorpia is up to and how mm, she yes. how she managed in Skellen because what I happened? Need yes. to know. I need. To I want to see that. I, I yeah. yes, love that you brought that up. I'm fascinated by that. Um, I'm really excited to see. Not like I expect because it's it's very much like a sweeping landscapes type fantasy and like weird magical planes. Like yeah. maybe there's a city. Like who knows? Uh, but 
and Memorial City was once one city, I guess. So maybe there are more, but like a little bit I'm like ex- was it Chimeria? Chimeria, yeah, Chimeria yeah, or, yeah. or uh or um Kashmir. Kashmir, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I'm excited to see like we got a little taste of it with like as you said, the the lesbian farmers in the woods that you know had a wanting them and, and like who who out there is now going to be affected on our way home? Who's yeah. who else will we meet? Who else will we influence and change now that we're a party? Team Willow is now born. He's not going home alone this time on his mm. horse and you know to his, his family. Things are different, but it's good that they're different. And now that Eric's in the party, um, how is he going to be his own man now <laughs> that he's had his like mythic shedding of the long hair? Like he's been corrupted and purified and all that. Like it's it's like all of the staples. He's sort of had his season of Willow sort of smashed into these last couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also just want to give a shout out to uh, uh, is- Isabel Lorenzi Sellers as Rosabel, <laughs> Rosabel, Isabel, Isabel's no one. Maybe you know. <laughs> I think. Oh, you know why I said that? Isabel Rosalini. There we um, go. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Um, Rosabelle, Laurenti Sellers, uh, Tian San from Game of Thrones, here as the crone slash Lily. Um, Incredible. Yeah. I One of my just... favorite moments was, I was, like, I love when stuff does this. It's like, he yeah. thought he was making up with Rosabelle, and then everyone else sees it as, yeah, now it's the crone. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And Kit's just like, oof, like her yeah. face is so good. Like, we're not having this. Yep. It's, so. it's, yeah. I, I like that they went there though, because that's a Willow choice. Is the mm. is. the supreme weirdness of like, yeah, that happened. Like, like it's like the pigs at the end of the first Willow. Yeah, like, it's yeah, it's uncomfortable. Gross. Yeah, yes. it's gross. It's weird. It's gross. Yeah. Uncomfortable. It's disturbing. Um, but then there are also like the theatrics of the crones. Like, yeah, I'm gonna look hot as hell. This is my big day too. I'm gonna have a <laughs> dress at this wedding like i'm officiating the wedding and i'm gonna look sexy like <laughs> i've been building to this like this is a plan the long laid plan it contextualizes the plot of the first movie as the first yeah. attempt at this same plan mm-hmm. that did not work and now mm-hmm. it's even harder for the crone so the crone is going to react even harder because now it's not a baby that you're dealing with it's a full grown-ass wizard woman um <laughs> so it's it's yeah, a great villain to introduce, but still with the the promise of more, um, the action, the directing. I mean, the costumes, the, the effects, the, the CGI. Ooh, it looks they just so went good. for it. It's like, so, so vibrant. Good. The chrome was like dripping goo, yeah. like in you can when see her eye pops. Cheek. The yes. eye pops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Was like, so yeah. good. Yeah. Just, yeah. What not like? Yeah. Like I can't. Obviously, if you're on social media. And you follow any of the cast, you you can see how much fun they had. Mm-hmm. But it's like I I just can't still even with all that I can't imagine how much fun it was to have made right. the show. Even yeah. even yeah. from like yeah like the VFX artists who were like oh yeah let's do yeah. that like, <laughs> yeah give her and, keep the nose ring on the chrome yeah yeah it, it's yes. just like <laughs> it's so cool it's such a joy and like I like just yeah watching this episode at you know three in the morning I'm like Ugh. and yeah. like. And the like delir- late night delirium, I think, also f- fed into it. But mm. it was just like, oh my god, what am I watching? And yeah. like, and then, and then at the end, you know, after I, I think I sent Alden a voice memo of probably just high pitched wheezing. I think. <laughs> oh, I love that. But um, it was. It was. But that. yeah, it's just like, man, what a what an epic sticking of the landing. Like, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Shows don't always do that. 
No. Um, and and so, it's bigness. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things that stories do. Um, and Kenobi, Kenobi got pretty big because it was basically a saga movie disguised as a show yeah. in a good way. Um, but like Andor does this, like bigness through smallness, smallness through bigness. Like Andor is 12 episodes of a build that ends up in a street fight. Mm-hmm. That's it. And no one dies. It's just no, none of the leads. Um, I should not say no one people die, but it was, <laughs> it was just a street fight. The episode's called Rick's road. And yeah. like, and this episode, it's like, it's called children of the worm. And that has a lot of meanings. You know, it's, it's the, yeah. the actual legacy. The crone could be considered a child of the worm, uh, Bev Morda, the blood of the six. Like there's, there's all these meanings to that. The actual children facing it that are the worm trying to be the dominating force in their lives. But it being about the children is about the kids finding a better way. It's that classic, you know, the kids are kids are all right theme. And mm-hmm. you get bigness, like this prophesized armor and everything, and this dual sword. We, her armor is even kind of like glowing. It's sending off little yeah. energy bursts as she yes. goes and Aura. the green light. And, mm-hmm. and she's just going to town, all the spins and everything. And then you get the mm-hmm. double sword cross and it's like, boom, killing blow time, full Anakin for a second. But yeah. then smallness. Then it's yeah. just, hey, remember playing? Drips it all away. Yeah. 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 And then Willow says, if you reach out and he's in there, he'll listen. He'll, he'll come to you. And then it's just these two child actors just playing. It's just, yeah. we were we were kids. The, like, the, the fact that we had good times is enough to push us through, um, which is such a small idea for... Yeah a brother and sister to have world ending stakes. Yeah. The world (laughs) ending stakes just by siblings being like, Mm -hmm. I love you. I've always loved you. There was never any, even when he was an idiot, they loved each other. They were never bitter siblings and they were never, it's not like Luke and Leia because that was a mystery to them. You know, they grew up the Tantalos twins and it's just by saying, no, like, like we, we all have, we all have sisters. I just realized this. Uh, And like, I, freaking love my sister like, you know, like that's definitely like, hold on the siblings <laughs> it's just like it's that moment of like oh i would never i would absolutely use a crystal <laughs> to try to reach you yeah. you like a zombie um yeah. yeah it was really pure and powerful so we could be here all night and we're going to talk about the season in depth and and sprawling and audience questions and all that stuff and every guest that can make it will make it maybe even some people that did not pop on during the season and maybe wanted to that we tried to get molly damon um <laughs> molly damon loved the show she's just very busy um uh star wars explained i don't know if you know they do a lot of stuff uh it, it's gonna be a lot of fun when we cover the season and we're gonna continue to cover it uh and hopefully they give there's more willow stuff down the road as well give us books give us games oh, uh, please watch please. watch hot toys watching to keep <laughs> that kit action figure uh that they're selling on that one website oh yeah that's uh, right chase did you see the action figure line no action... i'll text it to you they're oh, like old geez. school they're like vintage it's really cool oh okay yes no i have seen those i have seen yeah. those but it it's doesn't like have it'll be a few everyone. months away it doesn't have everyone <laughs> but it has the scourge randomly shout out to shout out to yonas shout out to yonas stay employed my man <laughs> I did go on Chop Disney and I bought the Bav Morta and the General Kale. 
Rodrigo. Oh, they have cool. And you have Solyndria's wand literally behind you. You don't have to grab it. But for people that are watching on video, I don't yes. want you to have to undo your shelves. I know that's a pain. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's good to see it out there. And yeah. we're very excited. So Chase, any last thoughts? Before okay, we yes. Close? Honestly, yes. I just have to say one of my favorite lines, because I just say it all the time now. It's not mm. in this episode. But mm. it's the the Skellen one, the troll episode, really yeah. is the episode for me. I think it's one of the strongest episodes. But just like the part where like Kit turns around because they're like trying to sneak out with... <clears throat> with um what's his name what's his name oh Allagash? name characters yeah Allagash. yeah also when it's like i'm just i'm just i'm like carol Allagash's little boy brave little boy or something is so good yeah anyways no but it's like she turns around and she has like the mate the um mace and willow literally just goes nearly got a mace to the face like that <laughs> it's like so <laughs> random it is so random and he just goes oh, nearly got a mace to the face it's so fucking good it's so yeah. good that, that had to be an improv line right it had to be that's yeah. so him like it's so warwick the warwick lines yeah. that are absolutely like on the day little things <laughs> yeah. are so fun to pick out yep yep so really? that's yep. my final thought is nearly got a mace to the face i think it's brilliant that's the vibe of the season it, it totally is yep love that nikki how about you what are, what are you thinking about this finale and knowing of course that we'll talk about it much much more but yeah final words yeah, I mean, again, I think it's just like it was one of those really epic experience. It's it's something like watching House of the Dragon, watching Rings of Power. It's like my favorite bands released a new album. And Willow was <laughs> like, I found a new band. Yeah. And they, and they yes. had the sound I needed. Yes. Like, at this point. Um, so. So, yeah, I think that's like the overall takeaway for the season, this finale. All eight episodes were absolute bangers. Like yeah. that's another impressive feat like you know mm -hmm. in the age of internet complaining about filler you know it's yeah. it's it is nice to be able to say well <laughs> how about this yeah. you know we got we got the full season everything was was just packed and brilliant and so yeah i'm looking forward to doing the the overall conversation but i think yeah willow was the thing i had no idea i needed yeah i'm, I'm right there with agree you completely Right there with both of you, Mace to the Face, the the <laughs> the new rock album. I mean, this was. I love my other fantasy worlds. I love Star Wars, Rings, Ice Fire. I love all of it, and it's and it's many tones. But it's been, you know, a really trying few years for everybody. Um, this is basically just the third year of 2020. Time isn't real anymore, and everybody's depressed. We're in the Immemorial like, City. <laughs> we're in the Immemorial City. We just keep walking and getting back. Some people like, have resorted to drinking the, the orange goo. Yeah. yeah. The liquid people, evil. We know who you are, the goo drinker. We, I, tweet me, and I'll tell you whether I think you would have had the goo. I'll be honest. Uh, I'll be like, nah, you're a goo drinker. I'm sorry. Um, I, but to have this show come along and say, yeah, here's an 80s fantasy made by way of it was as a child of the 80s paying beautiful homage to a work that influenced him and homages to his father. There's mm -hmm. Empire Strikes Back, there's Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's like there's Young Guns too as Ken pointed out. Like there's there's all this stuff in here. And then, you know, he's a young guy in the 90s. They're doing it like a 2000s show, but with the modern sensibilities. It's colorful it's pop punk it's sexy it's queer mm -hmm. it's awkward it's it's just left of center at all times it's very on the nose it's throwing you know 
it's like sometimes we'll throw a classic rock song your way like money for nothing sometimes we'll throw it but it'll be a cover sometimes we'll do a slow dance sometimes it'll be at the beginning of the episode we'll do an opening like a cold open like mm. it just it, every time i had an opportunity to make a choice it just made it it yeah. was just it was made very very fearlessly um and with so much love and i think that this is going to be a show that and i mean this in the best way will become comfort food mm -hmm. you know like i could see myself uh for my you know annual breakdown whenever that is tends to be end of the year uh i'm gonna be i'm gonna be like sad and then i'm gonna be folding my laundry with willow on in the background yeah like yeah i i know it'll be one of those shows like i want noise in the house i want to hear my characters talk yeah. yeah it'll be that um and it's great and i can't wait to talk about it some more um with all of you and and with our friends uh and many more people down the road so for right now uh chase starting with you there's a lot that you're doing you're on three different channels you've got <laughs> multiple shows across these channels you're a video essayist you're a commentator you're a star wars pundit you're a horror person you're a theater person you're just, you're like a model i'm just honestly i'm sick of you never mind uh go away i'm sick of you having all these things no i'm kidding uh, go, uh, what, 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 you're a cosplayer what what don't you do why don't you just leave something for other people um but please thank you that's very nice thank you very much i i appreciate that and i've never gotten called a pundit before so i feel very honored um and coming from you that means a lot and thank you so much honestly i have to say thank you to both of you it's like so invigorating to be able to come talk about willow with people who like get the vibe and people mm -hmm. who love it because yeah. you know i know i know people who like it on all different levels and people some people yeah. it's not for them but so thank you both for everything oh, tonight it's been like so energizing um you can sorry, you can find me on YouTube, that gay Jedi on YouTube, on Twitter and socials, aka that gay Jedi. Um, also Pink Milk podcast and the podcast called Fear Queers. Oh, you did that so succinctly. Oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just drone on at the end. Uh Nick Nikki, what do you do? Who are you? Uh man, I'm trying to figure that out. But yeah, you can uh follow my random musings at uh what is it nequitius n-a-q-u-i-c-i-o-u-s on twitter you can check out the imperial senate podcast at imp senate pod for star wars stuff you can check out the one and done film club at one the letter n done show which i do with alden here and then also on alden's baby octa radio we do a rewatch between worlds which is a beautiful thrilling epic episode by episode rewatch of star wars rebels Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Real Team Worlds, Octa Radio, Octa Radio, Star Wars Podcast. Uh, ramping up. It's always, I hate January. I really do. I've got an episode that I've been editing for like a week and <laughs> it should not take that long. I'll edit like five minutes and be like, I'm done. Yeah. Um, uh, but Octa Radio, Star Wars Podcast, still, still going on. Higher public interviews coming out. Uh, you know, taking, taking it a little bit slow as we move into 2023, but excited for what's going to come up with Mandalorian. Um, with other things going on, obviously, Casterly Talk. I'm here with Ken Napsock every week in some form, live shows, recorded discussions like this one, and mixture of things. We're going to be continuing Lord of the Rings, continuing Game of Thrones in different ways. Yes, you might be thinking, oh, well, now all the shows are out of season, and you are correct. <laughs> um, and we will figure it out. Uh, scrambling. Uh, uh, <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Lord of the Rings movies. We're going to be talking about some of the games. We're going to be revisiting different things. Hell, maybe we'll pick up some of those now not canon Willow books that came out and see what happened in those and figure out if there's Full anything. Full cast that, readings. That might come. Full cast. Look, I'm book saying, and look. Casterly yeah. Book Club. 
I'm not I'm not gonna play my hand and call any shots here on air, but you know, I I like to do a one-on-one interview. I like to sit down with people, uh, and I don't like to just do it about Star Wars. So that's that's what I can say about that. There are there are things in the works to bring people on. Um, gonna try, gonna aim big. Um, I mean, if Ryan, John- if Ryan Johnson yeah. showed up for something, right? Then yeah. you know maybe some other people will. Yep. Um, and then uh, at that Alden Diaz, T H A T A L D E N D I A Z, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Hive. Follow me or don't. Uh, this has been Casterly Talk, uh, the Willow discussions. My goodness, it's over. Chapter eight. We're going to close the book. We'll see you again in volume two. Good night.